Hello, welcome to the Millwood Melodrama Podcast, where we talk all things Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. I'm Fatima. I'm Leslie. And I'm Jasmine. Today we will be discussing and analyzing episode two entitled The Spirit Queen. Okay, so the episode opens up with another flashback, but this one is from six months ago. And we have Imogen taking a drink. That's when the title card comes in that it's like about six months ago. Um, Karen and Greg have gotten into a fight. And then we kind of see all of the other girls wandering around the party doing different things. Mm -hmm. Imogen ends up going upstairs and finds Greg to tell him like she's giving him a message from Karen. Afterwards, we have Kelly coming down to Karen and telling her that Imogen and Greg were kissing, which results in kind of an argument slash fight. Mostly, it's Karen kicking out Imogen from her party. I remember when I first saw it, I didn't know it was a flashback. So I was like, why is Imogen drinking? She's supposed to be pregnant. Same. I was like, this baby's going to have, like, fetal alcohol syndrome or something. Yeah. But then I saw that her and, like, Karen and Kelly were all talking and they were being really friendly to one another. So I was like, oh, no. Yeah. This is back in the day when they were still friends. Yeah. I really liked that scene, actually, because it brought up, um, I like that it was, like, oh, six months ago. Because we ta- I think we talked about it in the last episode about how it might be Greg that's the that's a baby daddy yeah and I was like wow that's very suspenseful like this the kicking out scene was kind of cringy like when she was Karen was kicking out Imogen mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to watch because it was like oh this isn't a a very believable fight but the baby daddy thing did get get to me mm. do, yeah. after this scene do we still think that Greg is the baby daddy though after this scene, I did. Um, and I think a big reason was that we never saw the kiss. Oh. We just, it cuts back to Kelly. But like, from my point of view, I don't feel like it was consensual that she got pregnant. Mm. Um, and Greg does seem like, character-wise, does seem like someone who would be presented as like an abuser or an assaulter. And then I forgot to mention this in that little recap part, but she does go back inside the house. Yeah. And then um, who is it that confronts her? Either Karen or Kelly. And then Greg walks in and takes Kelly's side. Like, yeah, you know how she is. She was the one that kissed me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I was like, that's weird. I thought it was funny how when they were introducing like the different girls throughout the party, Tabitha walks in and she starts already pulling out these movie references. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> And I've noticed she does that, like, throughout all the episodes. Like, I don't know. I find it kind of cringe and funny. Because it's kind of like, yeah, we we get it. We get it. She likes movies. <laughs> yes. We talked about this in the last um, podcast, too, about how they really push her character to be, like, just that being her personality like no other personality just movies yeah just like movie references just being a filmmaker they she has no other personality other than that mm-hmm. i guess minor spoiler she does tone it down in the later episodes which i appreciated i thought in episode three she did it a little too much though i don't remember three but i know because i right now i just recently watched 
six and seven and she did it less so I was like good for her but it's also something I wanted to mention like right away Karen believing Greg over Imogen I think says a lot about her character mm-hmm. and was like a thousand red flags for me yes but also once again it kind of reminded me of someone um we should leave it at that but y'all know who I'm talking about <laughs> wait about who who does that raise red flags about Imogen or Karen Karen because we're going off the top like off of the assumption that Imogen and Karen have been like super close friends for the longest and her and Greg started daily dating relatively recently because um at the next scene or maybe it was the previous one like when they're at the library Imogen is talking to Noah and says that at one point Karen was trying to get at her boyfriend so Noah no Karen and Greg hadn't been dating for that long and he be- she believed him over her friend mm-hmm. so like that kind of stood out to me and I was like oh yeah you're that kind of girl yeah she was like really quick to turn on her mm-hmm. and then Greg too throwing her under the bus like if he didn't have anything to do with it I would one thing I wanted to add on top of the red flag thing is like I feel like Imogen should have seen that coming is because if they've been friends for that long like you would have assumed like oh yeah she's gonna believe a guy over me I guess at that point the question also is like maybe this is one of Karen's first relationships well she does say like later on in the in the episode that she had just had sex with him for the first time before um she found out that her and um who is it Imogen and Greg had kissed yeah and then she did go right away to the to the guy that was in the filming and everything mm-hmm. so in the present day Imogen is explaining to the girls what happened at that party and she reveals that there is a video from that night on someone's phone about something that Karen did and they talk about how Tabby can project it during the Jordan Peele double feature and that she wants to edit the video short enough so that people don't have time to pull out their phones which was like a big thing but the video is actually not that short like people could have very easily pulled out their phones Mm -hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself though but um and then they head on to Imogen's house I think it was very unbelievable that these high school girls would stop and think being this angry and literally just saying let's kill Karen being like wait let's think that through let's not put it on the internet let's be let's be uh moral and thorough about this we shouldn't put it on the internet we should just keep it short so that no one could film it and no one could post it like I don't think any high school girl being that mad at an ex-friend or even like someone who just ruined their literally their lives would think that through they're down for murder but not internet emulation dude they have standards they have morals yeah <laughs> um a line from there that i, I wrote down because it was like bro chill um tabby refers to her friendship as her gay best friend who happens to be straight and it's like girl he's your friend <laughs> he's just your friend <laughs> that's um, just a normal friendship <laughs> I think I heard that shit too and I was like what what does she mean is it because he hasn't tried to like make a move on her or something maybe it just 
Oh, go ahead. It reminded me of when um, uh, Turning Red came out and people were tweeting like, oh, a platonic um, polyamorous relationship like they have with no with no romance and people were like a friendship yes that's the same thing i thought of yeah. it's like very internet or when people are like i've seen tweets that are like oh my god i how do you make like irl mutuals and people are like you mean friends like that kind of thing it's chronically online <laughs> yeah okay so then they go to Emerson's house and they have they make tabby i think it is Oh, yeah, it would make the most sense. Say that line of, like, no jump scares ever, which, once again, oh, people don't talk like that, but okay. I thought that was so crazy that they were in their house with her house and literally disrespecting the place where her mom died. They were, like, being like, well, this is so creepy. Instead of being like, hey, I'm sorry, it must be tough to be here right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. I didn't think about that too much, but it's like, guys, a little empathy here. Um, a lot of people visit that house, though. Like, like throughout the episodes, a lot of people go to it. No, but why? <laughs> the liars then go to Pinball Pizza, which is going to be like the only place to get food in this town. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about the video. And Imogen reveals that the password on the phone was 6969. So that was pretty easy to guess because teen boys, apparently. Um, and they're all seeing the video and I don't know if it's just me but I was expecting the video to be worse solely based on these reactions me too honestly I was too I know she said it wasn't a sex tape but I was kind of sorry I was kind of hope I was not hoping but I was kind of expecting it to be that when she said that it wasn't a a, a sex tape what I expected was something like embarrassing and humiliating not something that would like you know like sexually like objectify her if that makes sense like I honestly thought they had a video of her like making a mess of herself or like I don't know just anything but what we saw yeah me too or like her saying like the n-word or like slapping a baby something that could like ruin her reputation do you know what I mean yeah. and it was like something that would get her canceled on the internet since this show is so chronically online <laughs> exactly. I felt like they would try to cancel her so then they vote if they should or they shouldn't do the video and then Imogen's like actually let's just sleep on it we'll get a better idea tomorrow um and then again the-, the same thing the same thing no one thinks these things through they just act, especially when you're in high school and you're that mad at someone. You don't think about their future. I also didn't get why they never, why Imogen never name dropped. Like, why don't you say who the phone belonged to? I think it's just because Imogen's like low key shady. Yeah, like, in a way, she's protecting like who the person that was actually like. Well, not at fault because they were the ones that published the video, but the one that's that like filmed Partially it. responsible. Yeah. The next scene is all the girls getting in trouble. So Farron's dad gets mad at her um, because of the razor blades. Mouse's moms get mad at her for not answering a text. And she mentions the rat. Noah's mom talks to her about how she pe- she tested positive for marijuana. And then Sydney demands answers from Tabby because of the posters. Um, and it appears that only Sydney's is the only one who really believes her daughter. 
I do I do remember that scene. I didn't find it too interesting. I didn't really care for it. It just felt like how did it, I don't even know. It felt like the parents are very involved in their children's high school lives because honestly, I think I don't even think my parents would have noticed that I was a little late or that I got detention until maybe a few days later. Well, I didn't really care too much for that scene until I watched episode three because um, you learn more about why Noah went to juvie. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was very like, who is her mom to tell her? Yeah. Or like, who is her mom to confront her for testing positive? But I guess I can't reveal too much just because we're not we're not there yet. Yeah. But I agree. I, I don't like Noah's mom at all. Yeah. Um, the one thing that did kind of stand out to me in this scene is that none of the girls have dads except for Farron. Um <laughs> like none of them have dads. Also, none of them have siblings, which I think is interesting. You're right. I didn't even notice that. Baron lives with her dad. Well, they all live with a sing. Wait, no. Because Mouse has two moms. Mouse has two moms. Yeah. But for the most part, all of them are being raised by like single parents, no? Yeah. Well, Farron has a mom. She just lives in like a different city because work. But her parents but, aren't together, are no, they? No, but yeah, they're not. Oh, okay. Each of the girls are sitting in their rooms. And then they start receiving messages from an unknown number with videos attached. Mouse gets one of a, the rat dying, like the person killing the rat. Farron gets one of someone putting the razor blades in the ballerina shoe. Noah gets one of a teapot. Um, and then Imogen's is like someone stabbing the posters. But we actually don't see Imogen's. We see Tabby's, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was I didn't I don't know the reactions were very unbelievable in what way like I, I don't know I feel like maybe nowadays if you were to get that you would just share it to the to like yo guess what I just got I feel like at the like right now if I were to get a message like that, I would send it to you guys in a group chat. And I think all I did was like talk on the phone. I don't remember if it was just Imogen who went up to um, Tabby to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My thing is like, they met just that first day, but somehow they have like each other's Zoom information, but not each other's phone numbers, which I was like, that's a little weird. Wait, that's why they don't call each other on the phone? I guess. Like, why don't they text? Like, hey, did you get this text message? It's just like, let's make a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. I also, I thought it was like kind of a reach for them to think it was Karen right from the bat. Because mm -hmm. I was all like, yeah, Karen's bad, but I don't think she's bad enough to like kill a rat or like put a razor blade in her, was it her own sister's ballerina shoe? No, it wasn't hers. In her own. In her own? Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't it just didn't make sense for me for her for them to think it was her. It, to me, it looked like the hands were really big. And like I don't mean to like hand shame Karen if she has big hands, but like those look like man hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what stood out to me. 
Yeah, I I don't know. Um, not only that, but like the fact that they um the the whole reasoning to do everything was like it's okay because she killed the rat. It's like he did all these other horrible things. I don't think it's just the rat. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, who said that? Was it Mouse? Yeah, Mouse was really pushing for that activism <laughs> for the animal. Yeah, she she's a she's an animal lover. When they're on the call, um. Minnie or Mouse suggest calling the cops. Um, and then Farron makes a good point that it's Karen's dad. And I feel like I saw a lot of people talking about how Noah didn't report the sheriff for what the kid and him were doing. And it's like, yeah, who can you report that to? Like, I don't think people understand how much power the sheriff probably does have in this town, especially if it's like a small town where everyone knows each other and stuff like that. Reputations matter. And I feel like she just has... A lot more to lose she's on probation mm-hmm. and then her was it her the officer looking after her is the sheriff what's his name sheriff beasley i don't think we've yeah. gotten his first name yet sheriff beasley and then also she doesn't have she doesn't have like any proof of that happening right so I feel like people are going to find it really hard to believe her because they already think she's like a problem kid. Mm-hmm. Farron has a line that mentions how Karen is racist, homophobic, and privileged. And like that's why she doesn't feel bad um, posting the video. Whereas, like you said, Mouse is very... But the rat, though. Mm-hmm. Tabby then mutes everyone, well, like, mutes her screen, and everyone's just still there, but she asks Imogen how she feels about it, and it's like, that's so awkward. Like, everyone's just staring at the two of you, have a secret conversation, but whatever. Is he- I thought, wait, Go sorry, ahead. before we leave the homophobic um, racist thing, that's what also made me think that she was going to do something like that in the video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did, too. I think that added to it. No. But I was going to say, that made it seem that it's very clicky, their group. And that Tabby and Imogen only really trust each other and not the other girls. And I feel like as the season like moves on, I feel like this might turn into a problem. I'm not sure because I haven't gotten that far into the season. But I feel like, because in episode three you can kind of see the division between like Imogen and Tabby and then Farron, Noah, and Mouse. Yeah, I see what you mean. It, it does kind of continue for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I can understand how in big groups you're going to have smaller groups, but mm-hmm. it definitely is going to become a thing because A can kind of use that against them. Yes. Like, I feel like that, it makes it easier for them to turn on each other. Mm-hmm. And also considering that they don't know each other for that long. Like, besides Tabby and Imogen, everyone else met, what, like, two days before? Mm-hmm. So, that's, like, another thing. Um, so, it is Thursday, October 1st, and Karen is walking up to the school. She sees Tabby and Imogen's booth where they mentioned that there was going to be the double feature at the Orpheum. And then Karen mentions how she's surprised that Principal Clayton is letting her run after she trashed her posters. And that's when Tabby mentions that it's like, oh yeah, it would look bad for Imogen to sue the school because of this. 
So they try to see if Karen is going to confess, but she doesn't. Um, and then other, the other girls are seen putting flyers up for the movie. Tabby shows the video to Chip, and he's unsure about posting it. But at the end, he does end up helping her. And then we're at the Orpheum, where Tabby and Imogen are preparing for the screening. Um, I don't know if there's anything here you guys want to get into before the actual film starts rolling. Mm, well, not really. Well, maybe just like, I don't know. I think I, I like Chip's character because mm-hmm. he's kind of like, he thinks. <laughs> I think at this point, Chip is probably the most likable male character on screen. Definitely. Um. So there's that. Um, I know some people like mistrust the oh he's a little too good and he's a little too nice but I actually like at this point had no reason to not trust him he just seems like he'd be like a good dependable friend mm-hmm. um, the video starts rolling and it is a vote for Karen campaign and it's like good clips of her like cheering or whatever and then it goes into the video of the, di- the day of the party, which is the infamous video that Imogen had, where she's like very drunk and is bad mouthing Imogen, as well as saying like shit about Greg and how he couldn't even stay hard enough to have sex with her properly. And then she is like hitting on Tyler, which can I just say, um, Tyler's the dude who's recording the video. It took me about five or six episodes to realize that Tyler and Greg were two separate people because they fucking look the same. All I'm going to say. Mm. I feel like most of these guys look the same so far. No, like they, they literally do. What I don't get is why they were like trying so hard to like, hide Tyler's identity when it was going to be revealed either way when they showed the video? Uh, Literally. Like, Like, how does that make any sense? I don't know, but this video to me in general, not to be like, oh, it was disappointing and I was expecting worse, but I, I kind of was. Like, I don't think that this would actually completely ruined someone's reputation if anything it kind of does make her look like a victim because tyler's taking advantage of this and got mm-hmm. her drunk and is recording her yes so like your plan kind of sucks y'all if any it's also it's not even like it's just like oh that's a little embarrassing but okay then you move on you forget mm-hmm. yeah. if anything i feel like this video was more damaging to like Greg because she starts stating how like he kissed her best friend his dick can't stay hard his dick is small I don't know I think (laughs) I personally think it would hurt Greg more than Karen it would hurt Greg's ego for sure Mm -hmm. um so Karen runs out and then you have Wes kind of like looking to see what's happening because he sees that it's like a little odd that she ran out crying. But Chip plays the actual film before he walks into me. He doesn't see anything. 
I feel like that's so it's so weird. It just shows how small that town is. It's like that he would walk in just because someone ran out. I don't know. It and the, you you're telling me there's no other movies playing that night that you're not focused on the other ones. You're not doing your managing. You're not figuring out the schedules, counting the money, nothing at all. You have the time to walk in and see if these teenagers are watching a movie. Yeah. True. I don't think anybody else was working the booth with him. So yeah, it's all on its own. But you're right, like her just running out and him being like super concerned. Like if someone ran out of the Minions movie that we just watched, no one would have cared. <laughs> Honestly, they would have probably just been like, oh, I think she just got dumped. <laughs> then they're talking about it outside and it's like, did we do the right thing? And they're like, yeah, I think we did for the most part. You, They held up a mirror to her is the expression that they used. And then Tabby ends up walking back in where Wes does mention that he, where Tabby admits to the video because Chip is the one who ends up getting in trouble. Um, And she tells him like, oh yeah, I hope this doesn't get brought up again, especially around your NYU professors. And I was like, ew. He shouldn't be even talking about you. Wes is so weird. Like, so weird. Like, I don't know. He's kind of a... He is obsessed with Tabby. Yeah. Very much so. Like, I don't know. And, like, I get that they were trying to do the Ezra thing. um, And, like, I was a full Ezra Fitzstan at the age of 12. Like, that man was like my dream but the thing that they didn't the thing with PLL like the original one was that they didn't set out Ezra as like he's creepy they presented it as like oh they happened to meet before and he didn't know her age it's kind of alluded that like oh she lied about her age even though she didn't she she was looking that she was thinking about majoring in English but they make him almost seem innocent but here you can clearly tell that there's like underlining tones of Wes's creepiness mm-hmm. so at least they learned from that <laughs> like the writers to not romanticize grooming but yes yeah. I agree and I think in the third episode I think Tabby calls her like she acknowledges that it's weird what he's doing yes and he calls her boss like the weird manipulating one mm-hmm. or I'm not sure if she exactly calls him that but she does like she does realize and like state that he is weird. Yeah, and it's good that she knows it and isn't like getting taken advantage of. She's able to speak her mind on it. Mm-hmm. So then there's a scene of Mouse scrolling through Karen's Instagram and reading her comments, and there's like a lot of bad comments of her there. Um, Imogen is laying awake in bed and she is remembering. A memory that she had of her mom. No, she's not. She's like recalling a memory of her mom and her from a few months ago where Davy kind of warned her that she doesn't want her to become like Karen because you are who you hang out with. Which makes her feel guilty for what they just did. So, I mean, that's safe to say that Karen was never going to be a good friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, even her mom was like, maybe you should watch out. Yeah, like, I wonder if it's one of those things where Karen had, like, a reputation around town. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then at that point, it's like, if everyone knew that this is how she was, is the video even that bad? Like, people probably weren't even surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then Imogen gets a text. Um, and it's the next scene is Karen in the cemetery, and then Imogen shows up. And she says that she knew the video came from Imogen, and Imogen does admit that she got it from the night when she went back the night of the party, she went back in to get her sweater. Um, and then, then it flashes back to that night where she hears Tyler and Karen. Yes, Tyler and Karen in her bedroom. And Imogen stops them. She covers up Karen and then pulls her away and takes Tyler's phone. So she does end up helping Karen in the situation. So it doesn't necessarily make her look completely bad. But Karen does mention that it's... Um, oh, I guess... I don't know if you have something to say about that because I think I'm going ahead a little bit too far. Mm. I thought it's weird that she's staying with um, Tabby and her mom and she still leaves in the middle of the night to a cemetery without letting anyone know. <laughs> True. And she's pregnant. So she's leaving while pregnant. She's, she's not even thinking about like, oh, are they going to be worried if I go out? Let me just leave a little note or something or let them know. She only tells them until the next day. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess it's good that they don't have like a security system. Not an alarm would have gone out when she walked out the front door. Yeah. Um, but in that present day, she does um, mention how she handed Karen to Kelly. And then that's when um, what you had mentioned that Karen mentions that she had had sex with Greg for the first time that day and she felt like really betrayed because he was kissing her friend. Mm -hmm. um, and Karen says that she doesn't think Imogen's a good person because she kept the video and only like a, someone who was avidly keeping it as like insurance would have done that. I feel like you made a point there. Yeah, kind of true. Yeah. Like, yeah, she did make a good point. Mm -hmm. Like, you, she only kept it because she knew one day she would use it. Mm -hmm. Maybe Imogen was just as bad as Karen and Kelly. I mean, she kind of had to have been because you are the company that you keep. So mm. maybe she was. Yeah. And we just haven't really seen it because... Well, she's no longer friends with them. And I don't think, well, so far we haven't had too many flashbacks of their friendship. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the scene, we do see that A is spying on them. Weird. Again, not only that, not only that, I want to bring up the fact that Imogen had already seen A staring at her from outside the classroom. And she's not even scared to go to the cemetery alone, like being like, oh, there was this one guy staring at me the other day. Well, she knows that she's getting texts and it's like maybe Karen's unsafe. She's murdering rats and putting razor blades in her shoes. And you're out here going to meet her in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Was well, because they still think it's her, no? Yeah, but it's like if she's crazy enough to do that, like, how do you know she won't do something to you? Mm. also really in a cemetery exactly in the cemetery it, it also brings part. up that one stereotype that one like not stereotype but like the you know the the typical oh 
every bad influence of friends, every bad little group of friends, these little rebels, they like to hang out in the cemetery. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she does mention it. Like, oh, the cemetery was like our hangout. And it's like, what were you guys doing hanging out in the cemetery? It's fucking weird. The only place where I've seen the cemetery being used as like a good a place where a good person goes to is like a walk to remember with when she's in the cemetery it. watching the stars. It's a good movie. Have you guys ever hung out in a cemetery? No. No, unless it's like for a funeral. Yeah. Oh, my aunt mentioned once that she used to work at night and like in the morning she was too tired to like go home so she would go park in a, the cemetery that was next to her work and she'd take naps there. Bruh. <laughs> I was like, were you scared? She was like, no, it was so peaceful. That she like made friends with like the dude who would do the gardening or something like that. In the middle of the night? No, well, she said she would get out in the mornings. She would get out at like 5 a.m. Like the days that she had like the what is it called? Like the graveyard shift at her job. And she was too tired literally. to drive home. So she'd just like drive across the street, literally. She'd drive across the street and like park at the cemetery. I've only been in the cemetery after dark once and it was to see a movie. But like when I was getting out of the cemetery, so you haven't got out of the cemetery. Well, yeah, but it was it was a bunch of people. It was at the um, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, mm-hmm. and they have movie nights there. But mm-hmm. after like it does get really dark. Like after they like turn off the light from like the movie, and I like I'm I'm a scary cat, so like as we were walking out, I just kept looking straight. I wouldn't look to the side. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna see anything today. I'm not. I'm not. What would you have done if you had? Oh my god, I would have started praying. Like dead ass, pray. Or ran, probably ran and prayed at the same time. Oh, like are you multitasking? Yeah. And the next day, it is Friday, and Tabby and Imogen are walking to school. Um, that's where she does admit that that morning is when she does admit that um, she went to the cemetery to meet up with Karen and Karen completely denied everything. Um, the dance teacher cancels rehearsals since her leads are missing. I don't know what this is leading, what this is alluding to. Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. So the dance teacher cancels rehearsals because her leads are missing, but Ferrant offers the part. Um, and then Madame Jury is like, that would be a waste of my time. It's like, y'all are so mean. Um, then we have the scene where one of the Beasley twins enters Principal Clayton's office and he's like, has a hard time knowing who she is. So he has like a pause. She's like, I'm Karen. And then sits down and says that she is withdrawing from the Spirit Queen race. And admits that she is the one who destroyed her own posters and that she's ready for her punishment. Um, I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that scene. I don't remember why she admit, like, to doing something she didn't do. Like, I wasn't sure what she was going to get out of this. The thing that threw me off was that they knew that Karen wasn't at school. And they were still very accepting of, oh, yeah, she went to go admitted today to the principal that she did it. 
So now I'm queen. I would have been like, how did she come to you? She's not even here. Um, something that then connects. So I guess I'll come back to this later because um, A theories came out because of the scene. Um, but we can talk about that at the end just to not ruin the flow of this. But that is an interesting scene. Because then right after we see that the same twin that was in the office is walking into her bedroom and it's where we find out that Karen was actually Kelly pretending to be Karen. No, Kelly was actually Karen pretending to be Kelly. I feel like I'm saying that wrong, am I? Wait. So Kelly was pretending to be Karen. Yes. And yes. while she was pretending to be Karen, she was pretending to be herself. No, hold up. I, I think it's, it's written down wrong here. Um, she comes home and we see that. Yeah, I, it's written wrong. Um, Kelly comes home and we see that the person who was in the room is actually Karen and she's Kelly. So she was pretending to be Karen. Oh, okay. I yeah. feel like there's a lot more of Kelly that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like so far in these first two episodes, she's kind of played like a background role. Yeah. But I feel like as we continue to go throughout the episodes, because I feel like in episode three, she was doing a lot of things that I just wouldn't expect her to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she she knows something. She She's at least hiding something. Yes. I think Kelly is a lot more three-dimensional of a character than she appeared in the first two episodes mm-hmm. and then she mentions that so I think something to point out here is that the twins switch places and people don't catch on which I think is going to be a lot more interesting once we get to a different scene that I can I can talk about because yeah. it ties into the original um and Kelly's the one that suggests that they have they should have Another thing that is going to overshine the video, and it is by creating like the carry scene at the dance. Dude, tell me why. Tell me why I knew they were going to do that. Like, I sensed it. They're like, we need to do something better. And I'm like, oh, they're probably going to do something like carry related. Yep. Um, so then the next scene is back at school so I guess this is happening while Kelly's going home because or whatever um Imogen gets called into the principal's office and she gets informed that technically she's going to be the winner because there's no one running against her for spirit queen (laughs) and something that principal Clayton mentions is that since her mom was spirit queen he has the line of like like mother like daughter which is eerie and she runs out of there, well, like walks out and then is met with the liars and confesses to them everything she just heard. And then they go into the bathroom for like a little talk. I feel like then is would have been a perfect time to have been like, how did she confess if she's not here? That's why they canceled the, the practice, the rehearsal. probably that would have been a good time um i don't know maybe they just think she like ditched class like she was so embarrassed that she just came to the office and then left 
it also doesn't seem like it's that big of a talk at this school if the principal isn't too sure why she she dropped out of the race. I feel like if it was that big of a talk, he would have been like, oh, you know, due to recent events. Oh, like he would have heard about it? Yeah, I guess. Especially with it being such a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, they mention in the bathrooms how her mom was spirit queen, so now she's going to be it too. And they're like, we love that. You're going to be the first pregnant spirit queen. Um, and they're like, oh, we should all go together. But Noah says that she can't because of her ankle monitor. And then Mouse says that she's never been to a dance in real life. To which Noah's like, have you ever done anything in real life? Um, and I'm going to be honest, this might be like very me, but like I'm shipping these two. I don't know why, but I am. Mostly it happens with the next scene that they're in together, but I was like, ooh, why do I want them together? I, I thought the, the part where she said, um, have you ever done anything in real life? Again, I'm like, you guys are just pushing this whole movie personality onto her. I mean, has she done anything in real life? Um, I guess not to be like a spoiler, but you do find out more about how Mouse has kind of been isolated almost because of her mom's so she actually hasn't done oh no a lot of wait, things wait in yeah you're right Sorry. <laughs> i was thinking they'd had told Ta- um tabby about it i don't know why i no no it was mouse because mouse says that she's like happy to go to the dance but she's never been to one okay so in the next scene we have sheriff beasley giving everyone their assignments for the day and he holds noah back and is like i'm glad to know that You've learned your lesson when it comes to shutting up because of Juvie. And she's like, yep, yep, he did. But does ask for a favor and says that it's for her boyfriend, Sean. And it is that if she can have her ankle monitor off for the night so she can go to the dance. When she asked him for a favor, I did not think that. Like, I was like, ankle monitor, no. I thought she was legit going to ask him for something else. Like what? I don't know. I thought she was going to keep pushing the thing of what she saw. Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, again, with the whole small town thing, I'm surprised he didn't hear about how, like, they embarrassed his daughter. Obviously, not that he cares that much about his daughter, but, like, I feel like he would have been like, why is she crying so much? What's going on? Oh, they embarrassed her. They didn't have to tell him, like, oh, exactly what was on the film Mm -hmm. by simply just being like, yeah, they humiliated her by playing, like, Something embarrassing at the movie theaters yeah. would have sufficed. I feel like he, as much as I feel like he wouldn't have cared that they embarrassed his daughter because he doesn't even, he doesn't seem like a loving father. I'm surprised he hasn't heard of it. Even also with those troublemakers like that he's with, like I feel like one of them, honestly, one of them would have been like, yo, guess what happened at the movie theater? Yo, mister, mister, guess what? <laughs> You're right, though. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Or some slight comment, like, why are you getting us in trouble? Your daughter's, like, underage drinking or something. Um, oh, yeah, that is true. I guess this show picks and chooses when it wants to be a small town. <laughs> so now it is Saturday, the day of, well, the night of the dance. Um, the liars are at Imogen's house and they're getting to they're getting ready together. 
dancing, doing their hair, their makeup, and then they start talking about their favorite movies. Um, Minnie mentions West Side Story, and Noah says that she wants to be Marie so she can jump Tony's bones. And then all the girls laugh about it, but um, Minnie gets like awkward about it. And once again, I'm shipping them. I'm sorry, I am. Um, I was like, of course, I'm going to ship two friends who are probably never going to get together. Like, I am a Bullock after all. And then the next one that plays, which I wrote this down because I was triggered, um, is called My Head, My Heart by Ava Max, which like any Bullarts out there, you fucking feel me. I wanted to smack my head against the wall. Anyways. <laughs> um, they arrive to the dance. Or is there anything you want to say about the getting ready? I didn't think there was anything interesting there. I didn't find it too interesting. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's nice that they're like bonding and like getting ready that way. But also, I guess side note here, I feel like it'd be so difficult to get ready, like five people like that. They arrive at the party and Imogen tries to find, oh, something that I skipped. I guess I didn't write it down in my notes, but I just remembered. Um, Imogen mentioned that she's going to give Karen her crown when she wins, which is very much like Mean Girls. She's going to break the crown and give it to the audience, I guess. Mm-hmm. That was like a I I thought that was such a crazy thing because like really you just talked about you talked about killing this girl, then you talked about humiliating her and showing the most humiliating video you've ever seen, which wasn't even that humiliating, but in your eyes it was. And now you're talking about reconciling. I think you're holding on to the killing her part too much. I'm honestly like pretty sure that that was either supposed to be just for the audience. Or, like, metaphorical. <laughs> I no. just thought how it was crazy, like, the the jump from wanting to do one thing to her and then the other thing, like, giving her the crown. Also, it didn't seem sincere. Like, mm-hmm. it was more like it's her trying to, like, make amends or make herself feel better for what she did to Karen. I was gonna say that it's something about it I don't think that it it is her thinking oh Karen deserves this more than me it's her like feeling guilty because of her mom and being like my mom would be proud if I did this mm-hmm. that's what it felt like to me so they arrive to the dance and Imogen finds Kelly who she mistakes for Karen and then um she has a line like oh you should know us by now like we've been friends for so long which I'm gonna go off of the assumption that there was a twin switch. Just saying. Um, we can talk about that at the end if you guys want. If you if you agree with that theory, I have it written down. Wait, so like, it was actually Karen that she was talking to? Yes. We see like people hanging out at the dance. Greg spikes the punch bowl, which I've never been to a high school party with a punch bowl. Just saying. Was there ever punch bowls when at school? No, I feel like that's unsanitary. No, I agree completely. <laughs> oh, I don't think we've mentioned Ash this entire time, but Ash and Mouse are like talking. They end up going outside to vape for a little while. Um, and she tries to play it cool and act like she's done this before, but then she starts coughing and is like, just kidding, I haven't. Um, she reveals the she reveals the information about her name and is like, oh, yeah, Mouse isn't actually my name. It's Minnie. But her parents call her Mouse because they're Disney obsessed. 
Um, she mentions having a lot of childhood trauma that's a little too tragic for that night. And I think that really does make it so Mouse's backstory is the one I'm the most interested in. Um, Chip finds Tabby. I don't think I mentioned that, but Chip asks Tabby out to the dance. That's good. Yeah, her gay friend, gay best friend who's not gay or whatever her saying was. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah and Sean sneak out of the party and they go make out in a classroom. Um, kind of surprised that they're, I think, the first ship on PLL to make out in a classroom. Like, I really would have thought it was Ari and Ezra, but it's not. At least not that I can remember. I feel like that was a really long scene, too. Because I think I skip, I try to skip it. And it just like it kept going back. It wasn't letting you skip it, or what do you mean? Well, I saw them like when they were in the classroom, and I was like, "Oh, whatever, it's just gonna be this." So I put ten seconds, like the little ten seconds, to go <laughs> forward, and it was still them in the classroom. Huh. We would have gotten the idea with five seconds. Sure. Yeah, I think we would have gotten the idea with them just going in. Yeah. They're like, we want to use this Reddit MA rating. Let us everyone know that this is HBO Max, not ABC Family. Sex sells, I guess. They're supposed to be underaged in the show. Oh, that's true. I mean, aren't people in like Euphoria supposed to be underage in the show too? You're right. <laughs> so I don't really think that's them. So A walks to the high school in their little costume and it's like, dude, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb, but okay. Um, the girls walk over to Imogen and then they start having like a little group dance before they announce the spirit queen. And it's going to be Imogen, obviously, because she's the only one who was in the running. There's a spotlight on her. And she goes on stage, everyone's cheering for her, and then there's kind of a twist. It becomes like slow motion and eerie. They try to get Imogen to look up. The girls try to get Imogen to look up because there is someone up in like, what is that? Like the rafters? Yeah, right? The rafters? I think so, yeah. There's someone up in the rafters and it's Karen like maniacally laughing as she's inching a bucket closer and closer, it's gonna throw it on her. Imogen does turn back and she sees a man approaching Karen in that full body suit, which is like the A suit. Um, Karen looks behind her, but it's like a little too late and A is able to hold, like get a hold of her and throws her off the balcony. Kind of, she falls kind of the same way that Angela did. Mm-hmm. Um, and Imogen just stays there like in shock as pool of blood is coming closer and closer to her and that is when all the liars get their first a text necessarily like signed a when i first saw it i was hoping that other people would have seen what was going up on in the rafters but it seemed like only like imogen and her friends knew what what was going on i feel like someone else should have seen it were they the ones closest to the front I don't remember them being close to the front. I thought they were like in the middle. Yeah, I don't either. That's what I'm thinking now. Because if they were in the middle and they could see, someone else should have been able to see as well. Yeah. Hmm. 
because I'm seeing the note here and it says that Sean also gets involved and is like yelling out for Edmonton. So does that mean Sean knows about A? Or is Sean only like jumping in because everyone else is? So he's like trying to be a little follower. Well, Sean is um Noah's, Noah's boyfriend, boyfriend, right? Yes. And yeah, I do remember him also being like Edmonton. Or maybe he's just seen Karen because I've Wait, I don't think the other girls see A. I think it's just Imogen. The other girls see Karen. Yeah. Okay, then never mind. Never mind. I was about to be like, no, they didn't see A. Shady. What? No one saw A. Imogen, I think, is the only one who I, does. Yeah, I think Imogen. And it says that Sean and Ash both saw um, Karen up on the top. Mm. Okay, so they did see her. Uh, have either of you actually seen Karen? What do you mean? Like the movie? Carrie? Yeah, I've seen both both versions. Um it's pig's blood, right? That Carrie throws? Yeah. Okay. And this here's just gonna be paint, so like a less intense version of it. Um, but yes, the liars end up getting the text and it says one bully down. But there's five more to go. Keep quiet about him or they will all be next. Mm-hmm. And it's signed A, um, which becomes the first official A text. Um, Imogen looks over the balcony at Karen's body as it lays on the stage. The blood is, you can see her blood all over her face and she's clearly dead because her eyes are like, just stare um, a blank stare a bunch of the kids run out in fear and like start screaming the girls just kind of stay there reminiscent of how the moms just stay there and some kid bumps into a and he's like what the fuck are you supposed to be to like a is just like blankly staring at this kid before he walks away and it's like okay so someone else besides the girls has physically seen a now so that's something I thought that was so interesting that this girl just died in front of them. And as soon as they get a text, they all go straight to their phones. I would have been like, wait, I wouldn't even have checked my phone. I probably wouldn't even have heard it, to be honest. And you tell me that they all have ringers on at that age? True. I guess it's for the TV at that point, but... um. I don't know. I guess here, to me, it's more like it makes them stick out because they're just standing there. Like, you two, like, all of you should have also maybe ran to get Imogen and ran away. Like, it makes them more sus. Mm -hmm. And also, the kill count is up to three. Because... In just that episode? Or, like, overall? Of the overall. Of A, killing people. Um, I did write that down. I So the first person that A kills that we know of is Davy, Emogen's mom. Mm. The second is the janitor. And then number three is Karen. So I, I started keeping track of that. because This A is murderous. Mm-hmm. Does, in the original Pretty Little Liars, mm-hmm. did people see A that often? Or would A make themselves seen? No, that's something that I've been realizing too. 
A was not out and about that often in front of people. Like the way that we saw A was always at the end scene. A would be up to something, but we would see them as like a fly on the wall. It wasn't any of the characters seeing A. That was very rare. Mm -hmm. And I think that added to kind of like the creepiness of A is nowhere but everywhere. Yeah. Um, but now that you're talking about the original, this is kind of where the Karen is Kelly. No, Kelly is now Karen theory. And the twins switched places. So I don't have it with me to be exact. But um, I'm going to go off of just basic memory that I have of it. In the books, Allie has a twin sister named Courtney. And they would switch places throughout their childhood. At some point, Allie tricks Courtney um like hurts her but like pretends to be the other twin and one of them ends up going to rattling which is like the sanitarium that they have so the girls end up befriending Courtney thinking that it's Allie something like that yeah. um and at the end Courtney's actually dead but it, Allie is in, is alive and ends up being a so a lot of people had started the um, theories that Kelly and Karen switch places, especially because Imogen mistakes them. And it's like, you would think after years, Imogen would be able to tell them apart. And clearly it shows us that they have switched places in the past and can get away with it, like with the principal. Mm -hmm. So I was a believer in the Kelly is Karen, but no. And also when like Imogen goes up to like, who we think is Kelly mm -hmm. and calls her Karen. Yeah. Even the way that this the person that's supposed to be Kelly responds, it reminds me of like if Karen was the one responding. Like her attitude for something. Like her attitude, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um so I I'm I don't know how much I'm a believer of it at this point, like, but because I've gone ahead. But after episode two, I was like, yep, they're definitely, they definitely switch places. Because to me, it feels like Karen would not have been up there doing the dirty work and pushing the, the paint. It, she would have, like, sent Kelly to do it. Yeah, I think Kelly would have done it anyways, especially if she's planning this whole thing out to, like, help her sister's reputation. She would have yeah. done the dirty work. Yeah, because it, it, it's her idea. Like, she's the one who brings it up, too. So um, I could see that definitely being a thing. Um, so that was the end of the episode. Um, do you guys have any A theories or something that we didn't mention in here, but you want to talk about? No. No A theories, yeah. Yeah, man. Still with the probably a child from the the person that died in the beginning of the show, like the very beginning. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um. So Angela Waters' kid. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, kid or family, kid or family, kid or family. I'm gonna mention an A theory that I had after episode. I mean, it's, it's after this one, actually. It is after episode two. And it's a little crazy. I made a TikTok about it, and I was like, I'm surprised people are agreeing with me, and I had completely lost my mind. Um, <laughs> that A could be Principal Clayton. 
Um, so I think we agree that A is probably a man based on their height and their general size, right? Yeah. Um, and in the scene where Kelly goes to visit his office, there are posters on the wall of Phantom of the Opera and of a demon barber on Fleet Street. Um, and I credit someone on Reddit. I don't have their their username, but um, they meant they mentioned how those two posters kind of stuck out to them. So I went, think I went reading on a demon barber on Fleet Street because I knew the general storyline of Phantom of the Opera. I had to read it like two three years ago for a class. And in Phantom of the Opera, the Phantom has a second identity of Eric. So the plot for Phantom of the Opera goes that the Phantom was so ugly he had to wear a mask to cover his face because it would like scare people, right? And he would freely walk around the opera house this way um, with the mask. And he goes by the fake name of Eric and it gets people believing that there are ghosts in the building. And it's kind of the way that when the girls see A, they think they see something and then they'll look away and when they look back, there's nothing there. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to talk about that a little bit. Because also, A's layer is inside the high school, which the principal would have easy access to as well. Wait, how do we know that the layer is in the high school? Because the janitor was there. Remember when uh, the janitor walks in and he sees that there's the rat, there's the um, there's like a teddy bear. There's like stuff on a table. Yeah. Oh. That's the high school. Oh. Um, so then the second part of it comes out with um demon on barb barb demon on what is it called? The demon barber of Fleet Street. And it's um this one I have not seen, I have not read or anything, but I did read a synopsis on it. And it is that it's a man who is getting revenge for the rape and death of his wife. Um, so I guess this would make Principal Clayton, a boyfriend of Angela at the time. Um, and Principal Clayton would be a fake name, like the fake name that Eric the Phantom came up with. He's wearing a mask the same way to like keep his identity hidden. The opera house is the equivalent to the high school and that's where his layer is going to be. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. And it's, it's kind of out there, but it also makes sense. Yeah, because I don't think when you watch it, you would suspect that it's the principal. Because I didn't. Yeah, this was my like 1 a.m. brain pain. Like, who could A be? <laughs> um, because something that people then pointed out was, well, how can it be A? How can he be A? Because he's the one calling Imogen onto the stage. But I think that goes to the idea of like there is one A and then the dude in the mask could be someone that he gets to be like the bronze of the operation. It's more than yeah. one person. Because um, when the girls get the text, A has their both of their hands on the railing. So you know that A wasn't the one sending that exact text. Like there's more than just one person working together at this. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing that I skipped on right now. 
for the principle A theory, he also mentions the like mother, like daughter, which means he probably had to have known her mother and maybe they could have gone to school together, which would make him the exact age to be a lover of Angela, perhaps. And I I kind of, go ahead. No, I feel like it, it, it's a good theory and I think it makes sense once you start like putting like little things like that together. Yeah, and I think if we're saying that it's more than one person, and we had said that, like, in the last one, that A could be Angela's kid, maybe it's, like, a tag team of, like, a father and a kid working together for this to avenge Angela, and I think that that could be really interesting. I was reading some theories online right now. Do you see any good ones? Uh, They're all, like, pretty much the same ones that we we've been discussing except for one that says it's chip a see i i agree that there is some shady things about chip but um that's probably gonna get you spoiled on something because i think the where they're coming from is like episode five and six he does something that's a little eh who was eight in the first pretty little liars there was three a's the first one was mona yeah. Um, who was avenging the fact that the girls took away her only friend, who was Hannah. Mm-hmm. The second A was Cece, who was kind of avenging the fact that the girls were happy that Allison was gone. Because um, I don't know how. Did you watch the entire thing? I don't think so. Do you remember how far you got into it? Like, did you get the second A reveal? Mm. I remember that I, like, skipped a bit. But I don't think I got the second reveal. Okay, so it ends up being... Do you remember who Cece was? Cece Drake? She was, like, a blonde who was Allison's friend? Yes, and she's the one that would, like, use... No, I was either Hannah, I mean... Allison or her that would use each other's like identity to go to places. I don't remember that. I think I think so though. Um, One of them was using the other's passport to leave the country. I think. Oh yes, yes, that's that's season five. So the reveal happens the the later season. Yeah, that's Cece. She uses Ali's passport after she has to escape with like a fake name because she killed a cop. But um, so her she ends up actually being. Allie's sister slash cousin but okay so I guess backstory here the De Laurentiis family had two kids right Alec um Allison and Jason who were like biologically their children mm-hmm. but they had um, another kid named Charles who ends up being trans and the dad is like very against it and is like convinced that the little boy is trying to harm Allie, so they send him away. And later on in his life, he transitions and um, at some point escape, um, gets out of Radley and with the fake name of Cece. And I can't even tell you this in a way that makes sense because there's major plot holes in that big reveal that pisses me off to this day. Because <laughs> um, it doesn't make sense. Like the, the timeline makes no sense. Um, but that's who ends up being the second A. And the third A is almost stupider. 
Um, it ends up being Spencer's like evil British twin. And then her and Spencer are the children of Mary Drake, who is Allison's mom's twin sister. <laughs> Bruh. The show becomes a fucking train wreck. Um, That's so, as, so confusing. Yeah. Um, I can find some way to like detail it easier. But I think Mona was the best A. Um, and I think most people would agree that Mona was the best A that made the most sense. But I do know that um, I've read somewhere that it was supposed to be Ren who was the final A, but they couldn't get the actor for enough stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Ren was Melissa's boyfriend during season one who kissed Spencer. I don't um, think I remember him. He was like a British dude. And there's a lot of proof that he was the second A, like Charles. Um, I was a believer in the Renis Charles theory. I think it makes clearly the most sense, but something that fucked over the writing team in OGPLL was that they tried to outsmart the audience and it felt like they were just throwing shit against the wall, hoping that it would stick after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it kind of becomes train wreck. I mean, I love it. It's great TV and by great TV, I mean, it's not amazing but it's entertaining yes (laughs) thanks for tuning in we were the millwood melodrama podcast i'm fatima i'm jasmine don't forget to like and review you can find us on spotify and youtube make sure to follow us on tiktok at millwood melodrama and we'll see you guys next monday si dios nos da licencia your name's Leslie. And my name is Leslie. What? <laughs> Do I say that first or after? Honestly, I kind of liked it. I liked, I liked it. it. I liked it. It felt I organic. Liked it like that. <laughs>